0: Welcome to the Kazoo Poetry Slam cast. My name is Tracy Smith. This is episode 62, recorded on... January 9th of 2024, but the show, at least the bulk of the show, was recorded in April of 2002. It's the second round of the semifinals to determine who went to the National Poetry Slam that year. And the guest host and feature poet at this show was Carrie Warla. You're going to get the open mic and the first half of the slam this week, and the second half of the slam, and Carrie's feature next week. Enjoy.
1: This is Slam
2: Later, like the poems are like, you dirty fucking whore.
3: But this is one of the good
2: ones from the beginning.
3: My ears reach the suburban noise of night. There's a question asked in one naked moment but never such a I am the spit. I am the poet. I am the Industrial revolution No longer bright as fireflies In the face of finding how wonderful we are we form the sweet nature of the
1: future
0: and the reasons that we sing. Any names in the bucket? So, if you want to read a poem, get with me real quick, real quick, real quick, quick, like soon.
4: First poet up, Bill. Bill, are you ready? Bill? This piece is entitled Jazz. Somewhere between the wide open spaces and those tiny secret places in the heart. The sound of nursery rhymes and temple chimes mingle with incense and nonsense until even the air has a smile. That's where you'll find me in my hiding place, making up rhymes and trying to keep time with the tick-tock tick of a million clocks all running at different licks, telling different times. Each one an event in my life, a birth, a death. It's hard to get the meter right when the passing of time is split just two ways between day and night, and I am a record river of words that keeps getting lost in those tributaries and backwater cemeteries that run shallow through our souls. Once in a dream someone stole from sleep and gave to me, a child asked, what is jazz? And suddenly I wake up sitting on a hill in Tibet with the Dalai Lama looking on as a line of Buddhist monks march single file wearing cowboy boots and bright orange suits of the latest style and all the while the air is thick with a pushy wind that makes a golden tenor sax begin to sing a song of long and low strung out notes that sway and float like some brightly painted fishing boats bobbing off a different kind of shore. While half notes and extended chords ring true and hang in the air like sweet perfume, they echo the very sound of the soul and from somewhere deep inside, the sound of the soul replies, oh. Then from out of nowhere comes that random, driving rhythm sound as the backbeat races like a pounding heart with his hand slapping bass and his drums in your face and you know right from the start it's full of wisdom and pain with the sound so cool, even John Coltrane would have to smile and say, yeah. That's okay, because no one, not even the Prince of Wales, can touch his beat by snapping his fingers or tapping his feet, not even with feet the size of the Big Dipper. But then, if he had feet instead of flippers, like the rest of the whales swimming around and singing, in his far-off sound, that hurts like the blues, but doesn't ever complain. You see, jazz is a different kind of pain, and no one can tell you how or why, because the words never come out the same. You might as well try counting fireflies in a jar till you think you know how many there are or wait till those Buddhist monks finally come home to this land of sacred chimes and nursery rhymes lured by the sound of temple bells and Zen poems spoken softly behind a music that never tells. On <laughs> uh, his next piece, is entitled Luck, which I've had a little bit of lately here. <laughs> It's a safety switch on the side of your gun and the pills you took when life stopped being fun. It's your mother's arms when you're alone and in danger and it's all those unfriendly people when you feel like a stranger. Life's just a game of chance and it's not a fair bet but for some it's the only dance they'll ever get. It's that little voice you obeyed when you didn't agree. It's a luck you have but never see. It's that person yelling duck when something's coming your way. It's that debt you owe but can never repay. It's that new car you bought that runs like shit and the tax return that you thought you'd get. It's that one bill you always forget to pay and the gun you bought but left home that day. It's your piece of bread when the butter's too hard and it's that job you lost by going too far. Life's just a game of chance and it's seldom fair. Like the circumstances surrounding your prayers, it's mean and fickle and it can go either way and you never get to choose how the game is played. Although, a game of chance can be your only appeal when all your plans go sour and you're ready to deal. But please, don't be fooled by the cards you get. Luck don't make the rules, it just shuffles the deck.
0: Okay, we got uh, only two more names in the open mic unless someone comes up and grabs me real, real quick. And they are going to be Jennifer Wolf, and then after Jennifer will be Jeffrey.
5: lighting a small gas station outside a new Buffalo small aisles shadowing lines and potted skin the deep violet rimming brothers baby blue eyes staring through sister questioning their presence in the stillness of fluorescent lighting the clerk never noticed them three kids with long faces young impressed shirts a dark punk rock holy suit a black tie a powder blue skirt Gray, very dark gray, comforting sweater. A curly brown hair gelled to obedience, absent and void of John Deere cap, vulnerable without the green and yellow shield. Three kids lost in the stillness of a small gas station in New Buffalo. Two brothers, one sister with questioning eyes. Six pair, four blue, baby and ice. Beautiful, they were the mother's eyes. Two hazel green, the greenest ever that day. The first time a father saw his own eyes and his favored daughter. Six eyes squinted, staring in quieted questions. Why are we here? Why are we here? Sister kicked the ATM with a perfectly placed flat black hail. Fuck! Don't say that. We are burying our grandmother today, brother said. The questions answered by the stillness and halogen glow, and the three kids with lost eyes wandered straight.
6: I've been, but I need it I guess you're exactly deep down inside not afraid to scream just what he said what's oh, happening again the clouds up in that sky all caught up in my head and I won't never let you in you ain't never coming in no 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 you ain't never coming. In. Try and squeeze in this really short one. I've never played it out before. <laughs> I squeeze one other short one in. Would that be all right? Would it be? Short, little? All right. Yes, no. I'm just sitting here all alone. I'm all by myself. I'm just talking out loud. Don't see nothing else. Got this rooftop view. I can't keep from looking down. If I could just reach that star, I might pull myself out. Try not to be. Deep down, you know that I could be. I just keep on talking out loud. Try not to be so proud. So. Off this star probably never hit the ground really really like the way that. It's just the last one I've brought. But so it's not all that I got. No, I'm still trying not to be. Sometimes I can be so, so proud, deep like you see. So, so, so proud, I don't mean to be so, so proud, I could just jump, probably never even hit the ground. just sitting up here all alone, I ain't got nothing else, I'm all on my own, I can't see no one else, got this rooftop view, and I can't keep a look down, if I could just reach that star, I might pull myself out. Thank very much.
7: the amateurs here right? pardon me for reading but okay <laughs> um, actually I got a couple poems to read you this first one's called to LD your beauty is indefinable your body accentuated by the persuasion of your persona a plunge into the mirror provides a focal glimpse of your fleeting photograph To search for you is daunting, for you need not be searched for. The warmth of your face has burnt a sore on my heart. It bleeds with a thickness that engulfs me. That's it. This is the last one. It's called Father's Day. That call I got today, unplanned, unseen, undreamed, answered nothing. Sprinting back through a labyrinth of memories, wear are those coalish eyebrows, that coaxing grin served with an Irish howl. Believing it was hard, you cheated it so long, beat it a few times, yet your, your stride now is labored. You're being tugged now. Imposing arms are longing to embrace you. You have misplaced your identity. Orphaned at 23, as absurd as a bird rejecting a song, a newborn declining to, to cry the rain refusing to plummet, a cloud resisting its eminent morph. I refuse this distinction with all necessary reparation. The dreams and the laughs, the mutual squeezing of life's sumptuous nectar have now entered into my now willing mind. They had been absent for so long, your circumstance providing vacancy. The tears and the grins contorted with pain blamed on some sentimentality we could not explain nor wanted to. How can things end when they refuse even to start? There was that trip back to the place once we came, a warm pint of black oozed down my throat there. We both shot roots that were fed by that soil and we then sprouted leaves. They fed us, we were more alive there. That omnipresent saline drop never was the genesis of concentric circles in the font from which came a new child, a new you. The phone returned home with a vile crash. Somewhere deep within the deepest tissues of my mind, where illumination is absurd, a fraction of a flicker fluttered quite forcibly. The outside sun shone in cataclysmic brilliance. A cat's paw teased at the ground. The smoke from a cigarette rose steadily skyward, insulting the breeze. Someone asked what I'd done last weekend, though I'm not sure whom.
2: This is exciting! This is the second round of semifinals It sent poets to Minneapolis! Yeah! That's more like it. All right. I'm gonna be your hostess with Mostess for the evening. I'm gonna try to keep things moving. First thing I need to do, though, is read the official MC spiel. I don't really have to read the official one, but I've always wanted to, and we've got like a really cool 2002 poetry slam rule book now. So this is a poetry slam, and this is the official MC spiel. Each poet will have three minutes to perform one poet of his or her own construction. No props, no costumes, or musical accompaniment are allowed. Each poem will be scored by our panel of five judges, which have been chosen from the audience. Let's meet those judges now. believe she found the perfect gift for the man in our lives whose holidays had been sprinkled with too many sweaters and ties. My sister couldn't hide her tinsel-bright grin as she handed over to our father one last tiny package, its heaviness rolling noisily about, his confused hands echoed by his eyes when he opened it to find a box of BBs. My sister floated to the tree, pulling out the long, ribbon box from where it hid behind the brightly lit spruce, just like that scene in A Christmas Story. And we read into his mute, Empty expression, the striking of a perfect sentimental chord as he unwrapped the Red Rider BB gun he'd longed for and never had a chance of owning as a child. Oh, he'd played with Eddie's whenever Eddie would let him. Eddie, the rich kid down the street, best and brand new of everything because his dad owned the new service station on the corner. Wasn't a surly fin like my grandfather, the taste of copper embedded in his veins from generations of working the mines in the clear upper peninsula air before crawling south to Detroit to answer the sooty siren call of the auto industry. And after the grandkids had tuckered out, and been tucked into their beds. We rolled our way home in the dark, my mother and I dozing as my father stared hard at the past flickering through the windshield. His knuckles as white on the steering wheel as the snow flitting down outside, as he choked up dusty memories of being the have-not juxtaposed to Eddie's have-everything, of Christmas mornings empty, of BB guns and bikes and toy trains, following starkly on the heels of Christmas Eve spent trolling from bar to bar to grimy Detroit bar searching for his father to drag his drunkenness home for the holidays. And until we got back home and asked with bleary-eyed innocence how he liked his new BB gun, and he replied that it felt like a stab in the back, finally poured out all of the pent-up disappointments, I had no idea that my father's childhood was so bleak, that in a heartfelt gesture we thought was a chance at reclaiming his lost youth, he saw nothing more than a bitter reminder of all the things he never had as a child. Insisting that this opportunity he'd been given was nothing but too little, too late. But we're gonna keep giving him those shiny new opportunities that kept racing past him as a child until he sees them for the gifts that they are. So next time, Dad, try to understand that we're not putting pushy fingers in the wounds of your childhood if on some Christmas to come you wake to the crowing of a lionel train circling itself proudly around the tree. Because what we're trying to tell you is that 53 is not too old to pull on your kids' high tops, grab that Red Rider BB gun, hop on your three-speed, and go racing off to be the boy you never got to be when you were young. That you can leave your own dad slumped on yesterday's bar stool and rip the wrapping off a thousand Christmases to come with the tomorrows of your grandsons. That miracles do not only happen on 34th Street
6: of tangled hooks I know that we are dangerous for each other threatening the perfections of this skin the textures of this April sky lately I've been thinking I don't know probably really what it is I'm talking about but maybe this what it ever is that we're feeling well maybe maybe it's more than this maybe it's something more than us maybe it's magic or something as ridiculous as a gift or a wish no I've been trying to tell you this for weeks, but in my mind, these words go out the window, through the door, run across the room again like a squirrel, gone up your leg in the panic of desire, the apprehension of this shell. This solitude is wanting all these questions to lay here unanswered between us, never mentioned between us, considered scarcely drawn like words written backwards or misspelled photographs overexposed upon mirrors, hung crooked on nails, bent as if like commas. In my mind, I tell myself that these Little snapshots, pretty little pictures don't make much more than a memory, but poems do. See, we've been sitting on the grass, me and this girl, on a blanket with her puppy, waiting for the sun to set or the moon to rise, and I don't remember what it was that made it so easy for me to believe that I don't remember how it feels to be sitting on the grass with the girl on a blanket and her puppy, waiting for the sun to rise or the moon to set, and I don't remember the very first time we met. Cause that's when the fear set in and the words went out the window. Kick down that door to engrave these projections upon your face. And I want to tell you this. I mean, really, I want to tell you everything. But in my mind, I tell myself that I'm still caught up out here in the beautiful. And, you know, baby, sometimes I can't even see you. And I know that you won't see me and you won't ever hear me unless I find the perfect words. But I can't tell you that all these strings, these strings have not been untied. But I got room enough with windows here for you inside. I got room enough with windows here for you inside. I got room enough with windows here for you inside.
3: A story about a waterfall and a rainbow, a boat, a river, and a little girl who eats ice cream for dinner. She wants to be a fireman and says she hears violins in her imagination. She is three years old, three feet tall, 31 pounds, and all my hope springs from the deep gloss of her eyes. She catches crickets and ladybugs and lets them go, picks her nose because she likes to, and blows dandelions into tomorrow. She knows that ropes are for cowboys, that certain rocks are special, and that the ghost of a little boy lives in her bedroom. She memorizes storybooks, goes by her own tune, and looks in the mirror to practice her mad face she races me to the car to the door to the bathroom thinks the alphabet is a beautiful song and says the sun belongs to her but she'll share it her hands are named flick and nala her stuffed cow is called fiddle fiddle dee her name is quincy she wants to marry her mommy and she reminds me of a promise i made years ago Leaning over the edge of my bed, my head spinning with blood, I believed the world really had changed with my view of it. And I knew I never wanted to grow up and forget the way people collapse into paper cartons, take up less space, and lose their laughter. She is the miracle I've tried to create in gardens and pots, packing down roots, trying to motivate my plants with handfuls of dirt and half-hearted chanting. I've killed an evergreen, a baby fern, and a bonsai tree. Now I'm forced to play the role of adult, telling her to eat her veggies, drink her milk, sit up tall so she can grow as big as me. And I know I'm not as patient as a gardener should be. I'm wilting before my time like the withered sage on my front step, like the Mother's Day begonia dropping its yellow buds, still curled into smiles against the sidewalk. But I'm here to guide her as she blooms and fades with her own fertile cycle. The African violet, the charming pot rose. I'll water and wait as she twists and grows into her own vibrant shape. I'll see her eyes swell when she believes the world really has changed with her view of it. And see them droop when she knows that it hasn't. I think someday she might have a garden with strands of silver licorice and cherry tomatoes kneeling with her hands deep in the earth she might have a hard time making things grow or she might have her own daughter who radiates light and she might tell her stories about a waterfall and a rainbow a boat, a river, and a little girl who eats ice cream every night
2: Judges, what did you think of Beth's poem? Let's get some scores up. We've got one score, two, three, four, and five. God, you guys are quick, this is awesome. Um, Second judge over there, I'm having a hard time seeing with your, uh, yeah. Okay, I'm guessing it's an 8.1? Okay, great. Got an 8.1, an 8.2, an 8.8, a 9, and a 9 for Beth. (laughs) Woo! And Tracy, the numbers man, that would be a, a 25.8 for Beth. Let's keep clapping for the poet. And let's keep that applause going. Let's keep that applause going for our next poet up, Andrew Bird.
1: The bullet hole behind his ear was a centimeter wide. A ragged wound an inch cross lay on the other side, and I wondered what he thought about as he drew his final breath. Who says that working for the morgue will make one used to death? A half-smoked crack pipe in one hand, the fingers clenching tight, it was such a waste, I almost started crying at the sight. A detective opened up the bag and took the deadly package. I opened up a body bag to wrap the human wreckage. I did my job around the cops who worked the murder scene, and I looked about at evidence of a life that could have been. There were diplomas on the wall and trophies on the shelf. How could he throw this all away? How could he do this to himself? A family picture on the wall showed a loving father, a happy child, a smiling wife. How could he with crack bother? From the hall, I heard the screams of his school-aged daughter and the sobbing of a wife who came home to the slaughter a detective came into the room shaking in frustration saying no one on this floor wants to help our investigation when their TV gets ripped off they demand the crime be solved but when their neighbors robbed and shot they don't want to get involved I didn't have a lot to say I'd heard it all before I put the body on the cart and rolled him to the door I put the victim in the hearse my job was almost done then I heard my pager going off I've got another run. I've got another run. I've got another run.
2: All right, keep that applause going for Andrew while the judges are doing the numbers work that they do. All right, judges, let's get those scores up. We got one, we got two, we got three, we got four, we've got five. Okay, for Andrew, we have got a 7.9. Yeah, tell the judges what you think, an 8.4, another 8.4, an 8.6, and an 8.8. Let's clap for the poet, not the judges. What do you got for us, Tracy? First, I up Beth's oh. 26 a 26 even for Beth, not a 25.8. And a 25.4 for Andrew. Yeah. All right. Next poet up. Let's hear it for Greg Bliss.
8: Yes, yes, I'm getting a vagina. As a straight white male, I can't say shit about the way I watched you sucking down that cherry cola with a moist spot growing between my velvety thighs. Velvety thighs? I can't say velvety thighs. Why, if I made a reference as to staring hard at your perfect bouté, you would despise the ground I walk upon. But if I had a vagina, I could say moist slacks. And the gigalos at the bar would cream their shorts. But if I said more slacks without the vagina, you people would kick my ass. That does it. I'm getting a vagina. When I get my vagina, I'm gonna have a one hour orgasm at the ribbon cutting ceremony. And I'm not gonna hide my vagina between my legs like everybody else does. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm gonna have it riveted to my chest so I can watch it quivering beneath my wife beater tank top. And, uh, I'm not going to write any vagina monologues either, I'm just going to press it up to the microphone and let it purr. Purr. All eligible suitors will have to crawl on their hands and knees through shredded asbestos and broken beer bottles to approach my vagina. And they will plead, like little girly boys. Hello, Mr. Bliss's vagina? We were wondering if maybe we could buy your vagina a drink, sir? And my vagina will roar back at them, piss off, you dirty little fuckers! Well, I compare my vagina to every other vagina walking through that front bar door. And when I get my vagina, I'm not gonna let any of you people near it. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh -uh, uh -uh. I will hiss and sway and tease and pout, shake my ass and bray like a goat, and take my vagina back home and put it back in its nice shiny chrome box. And if by some chance of cruel fate, I become the National Poet Laureate. I will decree that all vaginas everywhere be sewn shut so that my vagina is the only vagina that can be heard but when my vaginal tissue is tragically rejected by my testosterone-diseased body, dying a horrible, painful, humiliating man-like death, large pupil children will bring baskets of flowers to lay at the base of my monument in the mall in Washington, D.C. And George W. Bush will rise every morning, scratch his ass in a second-story bay window of the White House, then bask in a 300-foot-high monument, commemorating my luscious, heaving, moaning, snapping, holy Mary, mother of God-endorsed, goddess of the immaculate grafting. Oh, Mr. Bliss's vagina, can we buy you another beer? Yes, damn it, yes! china.
2: Judges, tell us what you think of Greg's Vagina. All right, we got one score, we got two scores. They're not sure what to make of Greg's Vagina. Three, one that I can't read over there, and okay, we got them all up. He's adjusting the flashlight so that the nearsighted host can see what she's doing. All right, we'll start over here. We have got a seven. Tell them what you think of that. A 7.9. We have an 8.1, uh, we have a 9.2, and somebody likes Greg's jiva- vagina with a 9.5. Uh, Which gives us a... 25.2! 25.2! <laughs> Let's hear it for Tracy Poet's numbers. The two don't mix and he's adding like a freaking maniac back there. All right, next poet on my list is Nate Danison, but I don't think I've seen him here today, have I? Oh, oh. all right. Well, then, we are just going to clap extra, extra hard for Ryan Van, who is our next poet. Ready to go.
0: In accordance to what I'm about to do, I've created my own religion, and any interested people can meet me out there smoking at the end of the slam. Come on, come all to the newest drive-thru in town. Do you think you can already get everything you need from a drive-thru? Not so, at least not until now. Yes, along with your drive-thru burgers, tacos, soup, subs, bagels, prescription medicines, movie rentals, and alcohol, you can now get drive-thru religion. All the Jesus you need and in a hurry, too. Uh, yeah, I'll take two reasons why everyone should love God. Um, three parables and a side of prayer. Would you like that in King James or NIV? Uh, The NIV. Yes, now all you part-time praisers can get your religion fast and easy to understand. Yes, I'll have five reasons why abortion's wrong. Would you like extra guilt with that? Yeah, and found some catchy slogans, too. I'm going to a protest. drive through religion is fun for the whole family. You can take your kids there and teach them all about what it's like to be pseudo-Christian. Uh, Daddy, church every week well son Uh, I could tell you but how about we go to the drive-thru instead Ever have that one relative over who doesn't believe in God at all? And when you try to shame him, he manages to use that pesky logic to get out of your accusations of immorality? Well, as a special grand opening offer. You can get preset statements to use when cornered, half off with the purchase of two or more predictions of the apocalypse. Goodness, Bob, you don't believe in God at all? Aren't you afraid of going to hell? Oh, well, no, Roger. You see, I don't cheat on my wife with a babysitter and embezzle money from my company. Yeah, well, um, at least I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins, Bob. <laughs> Gee, you got me there, Roger. <laughs> so come on down to the old rugged cross by the new golden arches, your local area drive-through religion outlet, and save time while getting saved. Mention this ad and get free gay bashing for starters kit.
2: in less than three minutes let's see let's keep clapping while the judges keep bright we've got one score we've got two scores they're thinking hard about we got three scores four and we're waiting for one last flashlight to go on we've got five scores okay those scores are a 7.1 and <laughs> that's right that's part the audience's job an 8.3 and 8.6. A 9.3 and a 9.4 for Ryan and his drive through religion. And our numbers guy says. A 26.2. All right, keep that applause going. Keep that applause going for our next poet up, Chris Fisher.
9: I wish I were a little, you were a little smelly toe. Oh, I wish you were a little smelly toe. I'd let you tickle and tantalize between my warm and velvet thighs. Dream about it, fantasize. Oh, I wish you were a little smelly toe. Oh, sigh. Silly, I know to be enticed by a big toe, to think that a digit of such simplicity could be, uh, has the capacity capacity to create such electricity. I no longer have the ability to stand. Your toe has captured my mobility. My foot has responded to your toe's advances. And my head says, stop this now. There is no romance in toes or feet. They are meant for you to stand tall and true. To be discreetly clad in woolly socks and heavy shoes, feet are certainly not attractive. So why do I feel such an act of neon lust when your big toe touches mine? I must touch it back. Though I know I should let it go, I cannot, or maybe will not. I love your big toe. Is this a case of too little being too much? Well, who cares, I revel in your toe's caresses. I love its touch. My mind again interrupts and moves my foot so that it will not quite touch yours. And it tells me that I should not hold much store in tender rubbing that leads to not much more. After all, this is a pattern that has happened, oh, several times before. But still, my lonesome heart must thank you for this lovely little interlude that has given me a whole new attitude about toes, especially big toes. Oh, I wish you were little smelly toe. Oh, I wish you were little smelly toe. I'd let you slippy on a slidey underneath my silken nighty. We could play Um, (laughs) we could play Seek and Heidi, oh, I wish you were a little smelly toe, ooh, baby.
2: All right, keep applauding for the poet while the judges tell us what they think of Chris and Toes. Judges, what do you got for us? They're slowing down here, gotta keep going. We got one, we got two, we got three. We've got four and we have five, there it is. All right, for the toes, we have got a, I'm having a hard time seeing that one over there. Is that a, You wanna yell it out for me? I can't see it. Okay, we've got a 6.9. We've got a 6.1. We've got a 7.0. We've got an 8.1 and we've got an 8.2. Let's hear it for the poet, if not the judges. And Tracy says, a 22 for Chris. Let's give her another round of applause here.
4: What in the hell's diversity?
8: Well, I I could be wrong, but I believe uh, diversity is an
7: old, old wooden ship that was used during the Civil War era.